If you guys were on death row, what would your last meal be? Uh, very easy. It would be pizza. Really? Oh, 100%. I pizza? love pizza. Yeah, I could eat it all the time. <laughs> I mean, I for those who have the misfortune of physically looking at me, you can tell I eat it all the time. Um, and... Can't this just in breaking story. We have confirmation that John's last meal would be pizza. Yeah, definitely. At least tell me you're going to jazz up the topping list. I almost exclusively only eat cheese pizza. Oh my God. Or as it's known in the only place that matters, plain pizza. Your pizza is as bland as your life. <laughs> I, love, I love a good plain cheese pizza. Also. If you can't do a good cheese pizza, throwing toppings on it just That's what gives I'm saying. you a If, if your house is pizza. garbage, you can paint it whatever you want, but it's not going to taste good. But the whole your point... House, wait, that was a bad analogy. <laughs> Don't eat your houses, people. The whole point of this meal is supposed to give you something lasting until, you know, on your way out, you know, but you, you're picking the thing you always eat. Right, Don't you want to be a little more extravagant than that? No, if it's going to be the last thing I ever get to eat, I want it to be the thing I love to eat, my you comfort food. <laughs> to be fair, I think there's limitations on what you can get now. I mean, you can get like pizza and chicken yeah. and stuff like that, but like I don't think you can like, <clears throat> like mine would be like a London broil. I want something that's going to take 14 hours to make. I want it to be as I want it to be as big of a fuck you to them as it is about what's going to happen to me. So it's like crab potatoes and lobster tails and stuff like that. Now, let them broil. I think it's like where it's like this piece of meat, it's like this $90 piece of meat and you wrap it and it's like this mushroom sauce and then it's like wrapped in bacon and breaded or some shit. I don't know. It's really fucking good. Um, Shows what I know about the London meals. But um, get it together, London. I hear it takes like fucking like eight hours to make or some shit like that. They'd probably be like, "Oh, he died before he could eat his London bro. <laughs> oh, we'll have to eat it for uh, him." Shucks. <laughs> um, no, I really. Oh man, you know I hate to say it. I'm so plain. Um, Draft House chicken strips. Shout out to Alamo <laughs> Draft House and their chicken strip game. We, we here at the Grave Talk are trying to pull in some sponsorship. We yeah. need a fucking Grave Talk. Okay, so real quick, I went to the uh, the Spirited Away uh, feast, and they had this fancy like like dinner and John's phone binging <laughs> and um, these like beer pairings, and it was like this really fancy like menu, and I had them replace it all with chicken strips and a Coke because. That's Wait, how you I live. turned down the Spirited Away themed menu for <laughs> chicken strips? <laughs> I did. So chicken strips from Draft House, that's my last meal. As a chicken strip fan, I understand, but I also think I think you made a bad choice. Oh, there's no doubt I made a lot of bad choices. <laughs> well, but did anybody there that you were with comment on how good that menu was or if it was bad or oh, not? Oh, it smelled great. Yeah. It looked good, but I just really wanted chicken strips. <sighs> Man, you could have bought them on the side. <laughs> I can't eat that much food. <laughs> Mark, what about you? Well, my refined palate is going to really show you guys up. Yeah, beet pizza, bro. Grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly. Couscous and Brussels sprouts uh, smothered in some aioli sauce. No, um, lubies. 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 Yeah, I want a full plate of lubies. We are garbage people. You know this, right? <laughs> I casted stones, but look at me. I'm over here eating fucking cafeteria yeah. food on my last He's day. in a tux. He's <laughs> like, well, I do say... <laughs> no Luann platter. I want to be spoiled. Give me the whole meal. Uh, no, man. Like, I don't know. Like you said, John, something comfortable. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy my food there. I don't eat it that often, you know, because they close at 8 o'clock, and that's really hard to get to a restaurant, <laughs> you know, walking in at 8.15, and they all look at you wrong. Yeah, that's fair. They're like, we have bowls of oatmeal and bingo to yeah, play. I'm not you letting, hurry up and get out of here? I'm not letting anybody who wants Luby's be their last meal insult my last meal choice. <laughs> uh, like, uh, yeah, I want elementary school cafeteria food, please. Oh, come on. It, Luby's pizza is probably better than Luby's pizza. I don't, I don't think know. Luby's has pizza. It's got to have been on the menu before. No way. It has to have been. Luby's pizza is better than dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're comparing it against, but... That's Luby, it. Just pull the switch. Kill yeah. us all now. Luby's don't listen to John. Please sponsor us and give us free meals. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Jarrett. Jarrett and gone. Jarrett and gone. Garrett and John. That's your names, isn't it? Last I checked. Okay. We're a little out of practice, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that making the podcast? I feel like that's going to make right. the podcast. Why not? Uh, how are you guys doing? It's going to be 100 degrees today, so I'm trying to take that in. Summertime in Texas again. Yeah. I'm about to go toast this 
pasty white ghost skin. Get my nice smooth tan going on. Do you tan? I burn. It peels off. So if I get one good solid burn at the beginning of the summer, I tan for the rest of the summer. Got to no build problem. a base. Yeah. yeah. I have to get one good solid burn and it fucking sucks for like four days. But after that, for the rest of the summer, I can be out in the sun and I'll just tan. I can get a little bit burnt, but not like severe burn. I have to like, it has to be that one, like you have to just burn the crops down to have the ground be right. Mm. So I, I, I can't do that. I just peel every time. Man, I feel sorry for you. That sucks. sucks. Yeah. It's part of that pasty white gene that comes from over the pond. It's terrible. I received my second ever sunburn in my whole life last (laughs) year. And I was like, how do people uh, deal with this? And you uh, wanted to say white people. I did. I did. You still wanted to say white people. <laughs> How do white people? I guess by staying inside. Because uh, if you want to stay PC, you can say lighter complexion. Oh, thank you. Ooh. Yes, okay. I, I, was, I was working my way to people of a different skin color was where I think I was going to go with it, but I just gave up. Uh, yes. How do people with lighter complexions uh, survive the sun? Because it was like the worst thing that ever happened to me. SPF nine hundred. That's a- slather your whole body from <laughs> head to toe every thirty minutes with some gross smelling. Lotion. Uh-huh. That's what you do. I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, what have you guys watched recently? Anything to recommend or uh, steer us away from? No. I'm watching Chernobyl, which is not technically horror, but it is scary as fuck. So, based on true events. Based, yes, it is based on true what events. What is this? Don's going to come in and be like, well, I did my taxes this week. That was fun. Um, you <laughs> the know, horror. We cleaned out the money. We cleaned out the gutters. That was scary. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Chernobyl has a lot of the trappings of a horror franchise, but in this case, they treat radiation as almost like uh, the scary demon type entity. It's it's and a really. One could argue that radiation is fucking scary. Yes. And do they we do get a great radiation job. vision? No. From the perspective of, of the radiation? There's no monster vision, but there is oh. a lot of really disgusting uh, shows of uh, people with radiation sickness and what it does to your skin, and that is fucking terrifying. So There's nothing more scary than reality. I'll get around to that one eventually. Uh, Garrett, anything? I haven't really been up to much, Mark. Just kind of doing my thing, working on art, you know, same old, same old. Doing you. Being the best you can be. Oh, being all you can be. Oh, can we slap both of <laughs> you from here? <laughs> you can. I watched two movies I thought I'd bring up. Um, 1986's or 7's, Terror Vision. Oh, wow. Have you guys ever seen that no. one? Yes. Is, is it a movie all in Monster Vision? No. Damn. It's about a family in the suburbs getting their first satellite dish and beaming in a monster from space. Was this satellite dish like 17 feet across? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. my God. One of those with a giant remote control. Yes. This movie is awful, but I loved it. I want to watch saw, it. Someone saw Howard the Duck and was like, what if that happened? But at home. Well, yeah. It's it's nuts, dude. The monster is just this giant behemoth creature thing that's like a slobbering monster that has like a tentacle eye and it'll it eats people and then it, it'll emulate them and yeah. like pretend they're still alive but it's still part of the monster i don't it's a very kind of confusing someone saw howard the duck and the thing and was like (laughs) i can do it better exactly but it's almost like trying to be like a goonies ish type like almost like hints (laughs) of a family film but it's not because the parents are swingers okay that's a weird uh... yeah and they bring over this family and there's a whole line about how they're gonna fuck and but (laughs) there's a misunderstanding where the the other dad wants to fuck the dad (laughs) but he doesn't realize it but yeah, I don't know. I would recommend it. Um, it's not good though. Okay. And this was Charles Band's uh, movie before he started um, Full Moon Entertainment of Puppet wow. Master fame. So wow. this predates Full Moon and Puppet Master. Crazy. Yeah. Check it out. It's fun. Uh, another one I saw was Into the Mouth of Madness, John Carpenter's. Oh, yeah. Into the Mouth of Madness with Sam Neill. Uh, it's kind of like the adult version of the never ending story. Or the horror version, rather, Ooh, where yeah. what was being written is coming true, or is it really, or is it not? But that's been happening in a lot of different movies. Well, sure. Uh, but this was like mid-90s. This is probably right after Jurassic Park, I think, yeah. something like that. It was pretty enjoyable because of how different it was. It definitely felt very 90s, um, but there's some really great scenes in there, and it was something that I hadn't really seen. So I appreciate his creativity. And I'm trying to fill in... That was in. a Sam Neill heyday, though. We had Event Horizon. We had Jurassic Park. We He's, had Mouth of Madness. Man. 
He's golden banging, age. Knocking out the bangers. Yeah, I'm just, I'm currently trying to go through and fill in some of the gaps of some of these famous directors that, you know, we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, John Carpenter's one where I have a lot of, um, you know, I, a lot of stuff I missed. Other right. than the big, big heady ones, right? So that's what I've been up to. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into today's movie, which is 2018's Death House. Death I'm going to immediately House. challenge you. This is only loosely a movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is a sequence of scenes that are all in a row, but movies do happen on digital video. Yeah. Whew, that's really a disservice. <sighs> I'm going to come out right now and say I do not recommend this film. Yeah. This was your recommendation, Mark. Sure. And I'll tell you exactly <laughs> why in just a moment. Um, listeners, don't bother. Listen to us tell you about it. Uh, it's not worth the time investment nor the money, although I think it is on Netflix. Yeah, right I watch now. it on Netflix. I'm going to play devil's advocate to that. If you have nothing else going on, it is worth your time. Yeah, like if you don't even have paint that you could watch dry or uh, the s- <laughs> clouds you could stare at or nails yeah. to clip. I mean, really anything else. Do do something else. You can have this on in the background, but I would argue you can't even. OK, you go into it and we'll uh, have so much to say about this. The tagline is about as dumb as the film. It says, hell isn't a word, it's a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that means, nor how... Oh, okay, I guess I get how it relates to the film, because it's a prison. God, what a stupid... Someone thought they were very clever when they typed that out in two minutes. (laughs) Someone thought they were very clever when they wrote this whole... I assume there was a script. It might have just been index cards, but... (laughs) I think so. Um, This one was directed by... Uh, B. Harrison Smith. Uh, I checked out a few of his other IMDb credits, all low budget stuff. So Harrison Smith's first movie came out in 2014, a film called Camp Dread, and it stars Eric Roberts. I remember Camp Dread. Yeah, well, it's not that. It's not the the Broken Lizard one. That's what I was oh. thinking. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. a completely different Camp Dread, and it's about a, a a director who's going to remake his famous summer camp horror movies, but now he's going to uh, base it around one of the reality television show formats, but then people actually start dying for realsies. Sounds like a Goosebumps book. Right. So that's that. I was just very surprised to see Eric Roberts' name in that list. Look, this person seems to have the ability to draw names. I think that's what brought this movie to anybody's, like the the cast, which I'm sure you'll get to here in a second, is the only reason anyone is even vaguely aware of this film. Absolutely. So on paper, when someone tells you, are you ready to watch The Expendables of Horror? Like, that sounds like a pretty good time, yeah. right? And that's why I recommended it for this podcast, because there's so many names involved with this. I was like, I feel like we just have to touch on it in some degree. Um, I know when it came out, the reviews did seem kind of low, but at this point in time, so many reviews come out that are negative for things that I enjoy. That's like, I can't really accept that all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, well, let's just do this one and we'll see how it goes. It went exactly as the critics thought. <laughs> I mean, the trailer was bad. The trailer, like set the tone for me. I was like, oh, this is going to be a piece of shit. But the thing is, every fucking name, Tony Todd, Barbara Crampton, um, Kane Hodder, Kane Hodder, Bill um, Mosley, Bill Mosley, Adrian Barbeau, um, the Adrian Barbeau bot, D Wallace. Yes. They were all there. And it was like, oh, okay, well this looks like garbage, but they would not have signed. Everyone would not have signed on to this. If it was that bad. I'm in. Sid Haig and Lloyd Kaufman from Trauma. You know, it's like Sid all these Haig. people are in Michael here. Berryman. Michael Berryman, absolutely. Uh, so on paper, I, I it's like, how could I not see this? Right. It sounds amazing. Uh, and then you hear that it was written by Leatherface. It was the last thing he wrote before Gunner he Hansen. died. Yeah, Gunnar Hansen wrote this thing. And I'm sure that's how they got everybody involved. I, I wonder if this was a Gunnar Hansen idea and then it was turned into a script. I cannot believe that Gunnar Hansen would be pleased with this product. If he had seen it, you know, if he lived to yeah. see it come out, he probably would have been like, oof, what be, has happened to what my idea? You interesting know? Yeah, to know, is it like story by or is it really like he somehow popped out Just a whole script? By, so who yeah. knows? Like bef- before he died, he had a whole film script ready to go. Like Notice Robert England was very far from this project. Didn't see his name anywhere associated. <laughs> There's a note in IMDb that said he was told about it, but no one ever presented him a script. Oh, okay. So I I'm feel not like sure. nobody got a script to this movie until they got on. <laughs> no state. one was presented yeah. a script when they got on set. Is the first time they saw their the script. The thing is, like, if someone came to me and was like, "Hey, we have these people in a horror movie. It's going to be kind of low budget. Do you want to be involved in this?" I would not pass up this opportunity to work with every one of these people. This seems yeah. like a dream job. The problem is, though, is like 
it's a fever dream. Yeah, it's they, just it'd it's be just, interesting to know who's the first person who signed on because I I bet that's how they did it. They just went to people and said, "Look, you know, Joe's involved. Oh, all right, if Joe's doing it, I'll do it. Okay, and so on, so forth." You think they got commitment before they actually got yeah. the scripts, right? And, they probably got one person on board. Maybe like, for instance, example: what if it was like Kane Hodder, and there was like, "We've got Jason. He's right. coming on." And Leatherface wrote it. Are you in? They're like, "Fuck yeah, man, yeah. let's do it." And then the ball yeah, just they started cracked rolling. The code. They cracked the code on what should make this seem like an amazing film. And I'll, I'll excuse the low budgetness of it because yeah, that's not the problem. That's sometimes that happens. This is just, these are, these are the starts of thoughts that never finish. <laughs> I told it's like, if it's like, if you read the first four sentences out of a, like a teenage girl, like a teenage horror girl's diary <laughs> on each page and then just skip to the next page. Like you didn't actually finish reading the page. Like dear diary today, Johnny said that he loved me today. Michael Johnson is like, what the fuck dude? Yeah. I told Mark, I was like, they succeeded if they were trying to make like the room of horror films. <laughs> <laughs> that one is more coherent. Yes, you know the what room I mean? is a more coherent film <laughs> than this. But the tone is bad. The direction is bad. The acting is bad. The effects are bad. The writing is bad. The atmosphere is boring. Uh, it's just I'm going like, to say the effects are actually pretty good in this. I enjoyed, I mean, the, the visual digital effects, eh, not so great. But the actual practical, like, horror effects were pretty fucking cool. Yeah, like that last 10 minutes or whatever when they finally made it to the basement or whatever the hell they were trying to get to, that was all right. It just, the whole thing feels like some After Effects low-budget college film. Yeah, well, I knew, I mean, I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll go through what... Let me put a hard stop on what you're about to say. John. Yes. I want you, in less than two paragraphs, to sum up the plot of this movie. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. Let me see what I can remember. I watched this movie on Thursday and it feels like, and it's Sunday now. It feels like I watched it last year. It is like a fleeting <laughs> dream I'm trying to capture. Because I watched it last night and I like, I was like, oh, I'm going to work on some stuff while I watch this in the background. Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't really have to pay attention. I ended up closing my laptop, putting all my stuff to the side. I was like, I have to pay attention to this cause I cannot make heads or tails of what's going on. So from what I understand, like Scully and Mulder were sent to this prison <laughs> Um, so there's these two FBI agents. Uh, they get sent to this prison. They were in the same class. That's important because that comes up in a naked shower scene for no reason. Um, at least that I could remember. Um, and this prison holds like the worst of the worst. And But it's kind of like clockwork orange where to pacify these people, they let them commit crimes within the confines of the prison. And everyone seems to be totally okay with that. You think that would be the twist of the movie, but it's not. Everyone just accepts that as an acceptable form of criminal justice, um, which up to and including stealing homeless people for people to kill. Uh, I guess you kidnap people. You don't steal them. (laughs) I've been stolen. Help. (laughs) Capturing homeless people for people to kill. But then... Like, there's some sort of supernatural element. I remember they spent a lot of time in an elevator. Oh, there's a super genius in in this prison, and he, like, cracks his way into, like, glass almost, if you've seen glass. He, they release all the prisoners or whatever, and, fuck, I don't remember. And then they have to climb out of an elevator, but they they go down for some reason. (laughs) You're so you're so close. I think it's like well, um, the thing is, you would think he's so close, but he's so far off. But you know what? Everything you said is actually correct. Yeah, it's all in the movie. Everything you said is not what the fuck's going on. It's that's the that's the problem with this film is like everything you said is there, but it does not tie into what the fuck's going on. Then I must have lost. These are all the key events that I somehow can remember in this film, and then they're in a basement with some amazing, actual, decent effects, and they're like. We don't want to be freed anymore. The five JK. hells. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, supposedly based on Dante's Inferno. Oh, it's supposedly based on Dante's Inferno creepy pasta episodes. Yeah. It's based off like little like tidbits of ideas they've seen in other movies. There's the movie starts with a black screen and it goes, "Who prays for Satan?" Yeah, and it was like, "Who the <laughs> fuck cares?" Like, some, what are you talking about? Some edgy '90s thought right there. Some right. cool kid who's gonna pray for the devil. Dude, the only, the really, the only solid memory I have is they 
do this thing where they're like, here, watch this virtual reality tour of the prison. And that goes on for like 10 fucking minutes and gives you just the most insane info dump. You mean the pool goggles with microchips taped to the <laughs> yeah. top of them where they basically exposition and backstory every single person in the movie? Well, that's where all their budget went is to making that CGI video. And then they couldn't afford to make nice looking VR headsets for our people. And there's a big twist at the end, but that's not the real twist. There's another twist. Oh, God. Well, let's see how you compare to the back of the box, John. So here's oh, the yes. back of the Blu-ray. During an exclusive tour, a power breakdown inside a secret prison known as the Death House sends two agents fighting through a labyrinth of horrors while being pursued by a ruthless army of roaming inmates. As they fight to escape, the agents push toward the lowest depths of the facility where they learn a supernatural group of evil beings is their only chance for survival. Featuring an ensemble cast of horror icons including Kane Hodder, Barbara Crampton, Bill Mosley, Dee Wallace, Tony Todd, Camille Keaton, and Gunnar Hansen. That's the back of the box? That's the back of the box. Yeah, that was close. They were trying to escape, but went down for God. I mean, there is a reason that there's some convoluted logic why they, instead of going up, they go down. But, uh, but that's the general gist of the movie that I described. Yeah, after the black screen with the who prays for Satan um, fucking bomb they drop on you right at the beginning just so you know you're into something deep here. If this here. movie had more of a budget, it would have opened with like a Marilyn Manson song. M- maybe. Like, maybe. They had is- some They had some really bad music in it. But um, it, it, and then it immediately cuts to a guy dressed as like Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park carrying somebody. You zoom in. It's Tony Todd dressed like Dr. Alan Grant <laughs> oh, carrying yeah. a woman who's like, I can't feel my body. He's like, don't worry about it, baby. And he puts her down on the ground next to a, a grate. And then from inside the grate, you hear people screaming and like, let me out. Ah, get off me. Ah. And then she's like, what are you going to do to me? He's like, don't worry. You're not going in there with them. I've got something special for you. You're going to the farm. And then what does he do to her stomach? He like splits it open, I guess. I think she like was already it. injured or something. And then he healed her. Yeah. Like he's like, he's like, you can't be damaged. I'm not. He's like, she's like, are you going to rape and kill me? He's like, no, I don't sell damaged product. Oh, and then yeah. he like digs his hand into her stomach and pulls something out. I thought maybe she was pregnant and he pulled out like a baby or some shit, like a fetus. Mm-hmm. And then he was all like, you know, It'd be a weird angle to go in at, but, but then her stomach's <laughs> healed. Like he has a power to like reach inside people and then pull out. And then I they thought like, maybe he was like pulling out a gunshot bullet or like a wound or something like pulling the bullet out or something well, you know like those that? old crappy faith healers that used to make it look like they were digging yeah. in your body they and had like, like little pieces of beef and they pretend they were pulling yeah, out the pulling bad out bits of your, of your yeah. body uh-huh. i thought it was something like that but then i was like oh no his hand is like legit inside her stomach and then he puts her in a truck and then he's all don't worry i'm taking you somewhere safe or somewhere different yeah. and then we cut to kane hotter a woman and two nazis a, a nazi mother and a nazi child which i guess was that hitler <laughs> a young baby Hitler. This out of the out of the gate, I'm already confused. It couldn't have been Nazis if Hitler was a baby, because Hitler founded. I mean, okay, essentially good, good founded call. Good call. Nazis. Good call. Yeah. So yeah, so he's like, you got to do it, and so we realize the woman with the gun is our FBI agent that we're going to learn about later, but she has to kill this woman and this child who are Nazis for Kane Hodder. And then once she does that, then she turns around and shoots Kane Hodder in the leg. I can explain this. Okay, please do. Okay. Um, Again, like I said, right out the gate, I was ultra confused. Um, The Tony Todd bit has really no bearing on the film whatsoever. Okay, I was wondering if I missed something because I I didn't understand how it played into the rest of it. Like Garrett said, he's not putting her into the death house. Like she just goes off to quote unquote the farm. And okay, fine. Next time we see him is at the end of the movie, right? Doing the same thing with a different girl. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was picking people up to take to Death House to use as the victims. Like he's like he's the he's the scooper upper. Like, but I as gotta, John said, they're using homeless people. Yeah, they make so, they call that out specifically. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like she's going somewhere else than where our movie is. So why are we even watching <laughs> this? They probably called Tony Todd's. Like, bro, can you do this? We'll have you out by lunch. Yeah. like he has. Can two you scenes. walk out to the end of your property, <laughs> film a scene really fast, and you can go right back inside? Exactly. But the part you're describing with Kane Hodder is she's undercover. And she doesn't want to blow her cover, so she has to shoot and kill people to keep her undercover. Okay, I got, I figured it out. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> and that's it, right? And the movie's confusing. You don't really understand she, what's going yes, on. Because the thing is, <clears throat> okay, so we immediately cut to the death house where female FBI agent, which we'll start we'll call Scully from here on out, 
Camila Keaton as Christy Boone. Jesus. Who's so, the guy? Novak yeah, and Boone. Novak okay, and yeah. Boone. Okay, so we basically come to the death house, and Boone is in a car watching Kane Hodder be taken in. He's all like, he's like, well, it was worth it. And she's just kind of like staring like, no one's here to help you now or some bullshit. And then we also, then we cut to um, a scene where Novak is in Afghanistan slitting some people's throats. Um, where he, he slits some people's throats Al-Qaeda style, and then you find out that both of them were undercover and committed to atrocities, and they call that their honors, and as a reward, they get to come to Death House and, like, get a prize. Their prize is basically Boone gets to kill the person that raped her mother, and then... Um, played by Danny Trejo. Played by Danny Trejo, who's in the movie for a whole 14 seconds. A lot of these names they slapped on the back of the box, they're in and out of this movie as fast as possible. Except for Kane Hodder. Yeah. That man is the star of this film. D. Wallace and Barbara Crampton also have uh, significant True. screen time also. Yeah. But yeah, they're the three big Pretty names. Pretty much it, yeah. yeah. So um, you basically realize they're FBI people undercover. They do some terrible things. But by doing that and catching these um, these killers, they've earned the right to basically get like one request. Um, Boone's is to kill Danny Trejo because he raped and killed her mother. And then Novak's is to confront Sid Haig because Novak's brother was framed for the murders of a bunch of picnickers, which was actually Sid Haig who was doing it. I legit, for the first 25 minutes, thought that Kane Hodder was an undercover agent. Yeah. I was like, I he's too. he's in a, he's with the force, right? He's going to go infiltrate the, uh, the Death House so, or something. Do, so Death House takes place in some kind of alternate reality, I assume. They don't really cover this, but based on the fact that FBI agents get rewards that include killing prisoners, I assume this takes place like in the Purge universe. Yeah, and there's white coat lab scientists throughout the whole thing. Like the whole point, I guess, is to study the uh, mind of the serial killer. Well, they're or wiping right? out evil. That is their they're like Supposedly, you can't you yeah. can't control evil, so all you can do is wipe it out, and that's what they're doing. So this place, if you can, the best of the best, find these horrific people, um, these killers, these monsters, these evil maniacs, and they store them in Death House. Evidently, there's five super killers, which we'll get to in a minute, called the Five Hells. They're stored on the lowest level of Death House. They're so fucking cheesy looking, man. Really? I liked <laughs> I them. I was like, what is this we... Hellraiser-esque bullshit? I right like Once we parts. get to the backstories of each of the Five Hells, yeah. I have so much to say. But they outright tell you where they stole this idea from, because I think it's Boone who goes, oh, like in Clockwork Orange? Yes. This movie is chock full of like, this is what we're referencing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, we got that, bro. You didn't have to say it. Um, so they're like, we're going to, by studying them, we can learn on a cellular level what makes these people evil, and then we can wipe it out. We can basically reprogram their brains. We can give them false memories. We can make them think that they, they're they you know good. We can reform them, and we get rid of evil. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. That's the whole point of death house you get your evil vaccine and then you're good to go you know yeah, can't be by, evil no more. yeah by studying on that level you can kill it at a, a, a cellular level so there's no more evil i loved the beginning crawl of all the evil type of people that are in this like you get their headshot with some bios next to was like this man was an evil magician oh, this, <laughs> this is the this is the goggle scene so immediately after like the danny trejo oh so we see um Boone, she kills Danny Trejo in what looks to be a virtual reality environment. So I didn't know if it was real or fake. She legit killed him. Yes, but this whole movie has like pixelation on the screen. Right. So it makes it look like it might be a VR thing. And that actually comes in later on it's in like the big to reveal. remind you that they're in these virtual environments. You know environments. what it's like? It's like the those FMV video games of the 90s. This yes. whole thing could have been a CD-ROM game where you just sort of clicked your little FBI agents through. Absolutely. Probably been a better experience. Probably. <laughs> this movie's like Inception and there's like plot lines inside plot lines inside plot lines. So... Immediately they walk in and they there's some awkward meeting of different FBI people in the, the facility of Death House. And then they lay down in what looks to be a small doctor's office. When the girl's laying down on a bed, the other guys just sit in a chair. They put fucking swimming goggles on them. And then we go into the virtual reality, like, welcome to Death House tour. It goes like, on for so long. I'm, welcome, Mr. DNA. You know, it's like... <laughs> I think we need to point out that these glasses aren't just swimming goggles, though. They're the most comically oversized <laughs> sunglasses with duct tape and, like, little ram chips taped to the outside. 
They yeah. are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like, they couldn't a, afford two Oculuses. Like this budget yeah, must really be tight. Man. Like, and that's when we that's when we get the whole backstory of what Death House is. And then it's all like, and in the lowest level, the five hells. The ninth level is reserved entirely for the five evils, and is also the most heavily secured. Thile, age unknown, expertise in satanic arts, known for crucifixion and for turning victims inside out. Number of victims unknown. Predominant number of victims female. Apprehended 1984. One by one go through each person. And one of them is like a Russian like pedophile who's killed over 700 kids. One's like a Nazi genetic scientist who is immortal and has died. But we don't actually know his age because he can resurrect himself. Michael Berryman is like called the plague or something like that. And he's he goes around and poisons people. It's, yeah, it's just cliche after cliche. But he's like, a, like his IQ is immeasurable. Um, they I, t- I wish they were like favorite food pizza. <laughs> like we were just needed those kind of bio stats on there. Getting into the weeds like that <laughs> for like, sure. What are we doing here? It's so great. So, oh, one of them leather lace. Oh, right. Yeah, there was a, a, a female leather face in one of the rooms, and she was just a woman, big woman with a chainsaw, clearly homaging leather face. Yeah. She's just dancing around in what looks like somebody's garage with a guy tied <laughs> to a chair. and Doing like, her best Gunnar Hansen. <laughs> this movie is chock full of so much like, eh? Isn't that clever? Yeah. We twisted it just so you're enough. like 20 minutes in and you're already bored, out of your mind probably, if you're uh, watching this film. And... Then it just doesn't get any better. Then comes the trash can scene. The FBI people now realize they're there because they've been such good FBI people. They get the treat of coming to Death House. Could have had a vacation. This is what they This is what they chose. (laughs) Then we immediately cut outside to a security guard walking the perimeter. And he's all like, did you guys ever get that light fixed? What's going on, you guys? I'm so lonely. Talk to me. (laughs) And then he hears a noise in the trash can. He's like, I'm going to go check it out. Sounds like we got the skunks. Gets to the trash can. And, and then a group of militarized children. No, it's just out. one. It's just one kid. It's just one little Nazi one kid. Little Rambo fucking in oh. full like <laughs> Nazi hat regalia jumps out. I tried stabs. to make it better by making it multiple kids. <laughs> no, it's just one kid. <laughs> they had the budget for multiple kids. <laughs> We've got one child. Dabs the security guard, rips open his stomach, puts a fucking EMP bomb inside him, shoves the innards back inside of it. Then they find the body. Then Death House staff finds the body, brings it inside, and they're going to start operating on it. Lloyd Kaufman is the doctor. Lloyd Kaufman. And he is like just totally baffled by this whole... He's not professional at all. He's just like, what the fuck is going on here? He's clearly not an actor, but I loved every scene. He's just like, what? What's going on? Oh, my God. He's like, yeah. almost like. He's like the best part of the movie. <laughs> he pulls his surgical mask down. He's wiping his forehead with his <laughs> open palm. It was like, he's got like plastic like gloves for like, um, like being clean. On. Yeah. And he's, he's just wiping his sweat off with them. He's like, you don't get to do that, man. <laughs> and then when he pulls it out, he's like, I got it. And he just starts fucking yanking on this guy's yanking stomach. his innards out of this dude. And it's like. You are a terrible doctor. It's like he's channeling Mel Brooks for this scene is what I was getting out of it. And I was like, man, I want Lloyd Kaufman to be more stuff. Yeah. This is great. And as we as that's going on, we intercut that with Barbara Crampton explaining each individual person's kind of like the real in-depth stuff of uh, Hell House, um, Death House, yeah. um, where they that's where we find out that they pick up. um Homeless people. They pick up homeless people and use them as victims to allow these killers to, as you said, to continue to be the evil monsters they are inside this place. They have virtual reality environments, so it perfectly simulates everything. Um, And they're really proud of this. Like, there's a line where this guy is like, we do reconstructive surgery to make these victims look exactly the way they want them. We even have a nightstand lady. That's right. We have a person whose only job is to make sure the perfect nightstand is in each scene so these killers feel comfortable. And I was like, I would love a movie about that person's life. You know what this kind (laughs) of is? This is like a really shittier version of Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) Kind yeah. of. Where they had to stage this whole thing. Yeah, I can see those parallels. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the Sid Haig meetup? Where he actually just murders two people right in front of him. He's like, I don't know what you're doing here, but uh, this place is pretty great, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's what we find virtual. out. That's what we yeah. find out. That's his, that's Novak's 
um, request is to meet Sid Hay because he's like, I know they blamed your brother for all these killings. I don't know why they did that. I'm so proud of him. Like, <laughs> yeah, because Sid Haig was killing all these people. They blame Novak's brother. He went away or died or something. His character is called the icicle killer. Yeah. Yes. And he pulls two icicles out of a cooler, just like a fucking igloo cooler <laughs> in the middle of what looks like the California Hills stabs this like naked lady and this naked dude. And to be fair, Sid Haig like kills that character. He's like, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, what does it for you? Is it seeing her naked, these hot tits, or is it this naked dude? I don't really care. I just enjoy killing them. I yeah. don't know why they blamed your brother. Man, I'm so proud of this it's stuff. One of the best performances in the movie. Yes. yes. Unfortunately, it's only like a minute long. But he's having a bl- obvious blast. He pulls like. two oversized icicles out, stabs them in the spinal column. They both collapse dead, and then he drops the icicles. And you notice they make a metal clang. <laughs> yeah. They're like clang, clang, as they fall. To the ground is like, well, I thought they, I was like, oh, he's got spikes in the cooler. And I was like, no, his name is the Icicle Killer. It, Fuck sound, that. it sounds like this movie needed a nightstand guy. <laughs> the, the thing they talk about this movie could use, a.k.a. any kind of professional life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You think they had an icicle guy? Oh, definitely. They, must yeah. have. they had to figure out right the perfect the right. form of icicles. <laughs> but that guy sucks at his job because he didn't get the Foley work right. This no. thing is like a Neil Breen film if like you got quality names attached to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's so fucking bad. But so, I had so much fun with it. Man, I I don't know what I had with it. Not I don't fun. think I'd classify it as fun. The little there were little pops of fun, like that scene, yeah, where he's like, "This right. is just a blast." Like, <laughs> all right, that guy's evil. He's fucking having he's a Patrick it's, Bateman over there. And but. since you're touching on this, I want to bring up that I feel like this movie would have done a lot better if they'd not played it so straight laced and serious. Yeah. If they could have had a little more fun with it, I feel like I would have been more, uh, I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. And some people must have got different direction than other people because it felt like some people were having fun with it. Some people were fucking on the straight and narrow. They were here to work. Like, no offense to Dee Wallace, but her performance was wooden. Was she the white haired doctor? Yeah. The one who Dr. talked Fletcher. like this the whole time. Yeah. yeah. As you can see, we are getting rid of evil. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, what's wrong with you? It's like, I read these three seconds ago and now I'm just going to regurgitate it on film. And no offense to Dee Wallace, she's great in the other things she's been in, Critters, all that good stuff, but this was mm. just not a good performance. Wasn't it? And everyone, every one of these shots is filmed in like, like, could this be a virtual reality room? Is this so like, everything's green screen. You can tell they just went to Sid Haig's house. It's like, no, you don't even have to get up out of that lawn chair. We'll <laughs> film your scene right now. Read this. Here's what I think happened. They showed up to a Frightmare type convention and just went up to the hotel room and green screen recorded it just, and just <laughs> dropped it in. In convention room B, we're now filming a movie. Exactly. And don't let anybody in. We got a movie to shoot. Hold on. Because um, that's what a lot of these scenes felt like. Yeah. But I really want to talk to you guys now about the shower scene the co-ed about the most boring shower scene ever committed to film i don't even understand what its purpose was tits and ass i guess she's like do you remember anyone else from our class and he's like well we're the best of the best and then that same conversation happens like 10 times she's having one conversation he is just having a completely different one they're they're trying to burn through exposition but like it's like you each have points to make don't worry if they make sense. Yeah. You get more chemistry out of watching a man wash his Buick on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. It's, it's fucking so true. awful. These actors were not talking to each other. They were talking, I guess, they to the director. They were reading the lines or? off the wall of the stall. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they had this really like, and this shower stall is no bigger than maybe like. It's like a closet. It's like it's a, a shower it's closet. It's like a bathroom, like toilet stall. Why did they take a shower? No reason. Yeah, okay, I thought I maybe Guys, missed something. Guys, tits and ass. They were just, they're in there for one day. They're on a tour. Imagine if you go to Disney World and like halfway through, they're like, and now co-ed shower time. <laughs> and like, am I to believe that if any of the upper, you know, upper brass comes in to come check out the uh, the death they house, got a shower that too? they're all going to take a co-ed shower in the, which looks like the prisoner shower Apparently. room? There's not a guest bathroom, <laughs> you know? It's or definitely, it just, well, maybe, maybe it's because uh, she shot Jenny Trejo and there might be blood on her. There was not in any of the scenes before that, right. but maybe she was like, I just feel dirty from all this murder. <laughs> it's utterly pointless and there's no chemistry there. But the only thing that I could seem to wrap my head around is that they kept talking about not being able to remember anything. Right. And that is the first moment I was like, I think I know what the big surprise is of this movie. Like I, I thought I had cracked the code there because I was like, oh, wait a minute. Because they had these tattoos on their body. And they're like, yo, that's a nice, that's nice ink. What does that mean? He's like, 
I don't know. I just know that I drew it and there's 11 birds on it. Oh, and yeah, he's like, birds. what about, what about yours? And she's like, I don't know. I know this woman's name is important to me, but I don't know who she is. And as they're having this conversation, there are like fucking bullet time esque mm-hmm. shot pans around different naked parts of the body. So like, if you ever want to see a, a tit in bullet time, you're going to yeah. see it. Yeah. Like, don't worry, there's no soap, so you don't have any suds or anything. They're just really just getting themselves wet. Yeah, just get a little wet and talk. <laughs> it was more distracting to see the bullet time titty. Yeah. And trying to figure out what they're talking about. Like, they should have just had it at the cafeteria or well, they something. Kept, you know, they this kept whole panning over the, the tattoos the same way. And I was like, oh, these tattoos are important. And then they'd pan over a tit in between. And I was like, maybe the tit's important, too. Nah. Like, like, maybe this this ass shot is important. Because, and I'm like, no, that's just an ass. Like, yeah. And then immediately... Cut away from the shower, but yes, we we learned that they're the best of the best. They're not sure why they're the best of the best. They don't sure where they come from. Um, they drop Facebook in the conversation. <laughs> like, like, do you know any of your friends? Like from Facebook? And I was like, oh, you really just took me out of the moment there. Yeah. <laughs> did, did this scene happen before or after the other scene where they just start ripping the tops off of women for no reason? This, this is, is before. Before that, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's more tits in this movie if that's your jam. So For no good reason, for, really. Yeah, I don't even know what he was trying to explain either. Guys, tits and ass, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah, the guy's just, t- he's expositing and also just starts ripping this shirts is, off of people. This is the 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 facility guy who's describing that they put these homeless people through plastic surgery. Yeah. They, they find the perfect matches, the perfect victims for the perfect kills for these, like um, these murderers. Yeah, and he's that's all where like, we learn about our nightstand guy. And he's talking about the process of transhumanism. It's where they're basically rewriting their brains. Yes. Right. Like clockwork orange. Yes. And that's, <laughs> that's when Novak's like, like clockwork orange. So what's the difference between brainwashing and transhumanism? And then Barbara Crampton goes, Oh, there's a big difference. And then doesn't explain it. Like, and then just doesn't even follow through. I'm like, go on. No, yeah. we're going to the next scene. They didn't okay. have time for that. They had to rip more shirts off. And the next scene, maybe one of my favorite parts of the movie is when we're introduced to the three Satans. Oh, the three Satans. I actually really like the three Satans because I was like, that's kind of clever. It's three crazy dudes in like maybe level five where they all think they're either the prodigy oh, of Satan, yes. created Satan, or Satan himself. And they put them together. And they're all just sitting in a chair and they're both, intro- oh, they're all introducing themselves <laughs> like they start arguing with each other. Yes. Like, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, I have one quick question about a scene that happens right before the three Satans. Cause I want to talk about the three Satans, but right before that, as Barbara Crampton is describing what they're doing at death house and everything like that, they see Gunner or they see Kane hotter in this like virtual reality, like chair where he's being like reprogrammed or whatever. Then everyone walks out of the room and agent Boone kisses Kane hotter on the lips. while he's in the fucking like, virtual reality chair and they're like are you coming she's like oh yeah i'm on my way i thought that meant something like i thought they were related i thought that was like her husband like she was like that's what to your point where you thought kane hotter was undercover i thought the same thing i was like oh they're a married couple who's in here like trying to like blow the lid off death house i'm gonna give you mad props for this late in the movie still trying to figure it out i think it was just a is this a confusing point in the movie that didn't need to be in there wait till we get to the end and i try to piece the whole thing together it blew my fucking mind at this point i was just like oh i'm just gonna have to buckle in for this because i have no fucking idea what's happening yeah let's get back to the three satans i did like that that they were cool yeah so yeah barbara crampton walks us in this room's like check this out (laughs) these guys all think they're satan (laughs) very professional We found three prisoners who hold delusions. That one is Satan, one created Satan, and one is the son of Satan. What are the chances of that? Pretty good, actually. Huh. You might be right. In any case, I borrowed a CIA playbook from the 60s, wondering if these three held together would somehow cancel each other out and cure their delusions. And? They're still batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, totally mocking. And they all have just slightly different perspectives on Beelzebub, and I thought that was a really good interaction. And she says, Barbara Crampton says, I thought by putting them all three together, they might cancel each other out. Yeah. And I was like, where is the scientific evidence in this nonsense? I feel like they heard like a joke once about something like that, and we're like, Put that in the movie, jotting this fucking down on a sticky. No, it's like the the Ghostbusters, like you know, talking about the gatekeeper and the key man. Like we gotta get these two together. <laughs> it's like that's exactly what this was. Yeah. Like get them together and let's see what happens. Like fucking yeah. hell. 
But yeah, um, and then ultimately one of them starts and goes and attacks Barbara Crampton, and they like the son of Satan. Yeah, and they shock him back into place, and and um, this is where everything goes tits up, right? Because I think the doctor pulls the EMP bomb we out. Cut back to the doctor who's still just digging through this fucking dude's stomach like it's a goddamn yeah. sandbox, and he dropped a contact lens. It's not even vaguely like surgery at this point. He just has like two fucking hands in this guy's like chest cavity. It's like a double dare game where they're trying to find a marble in the goop, and it's yeah. just like you got. 30 seconds to complete the physical challenge. He's just yanking on shit. So Novak Boone and um, D. Williams are in an elevator heading down to the next level to see like the next like section of like these inmates. Everyone else is doing their own thing. They pull this like thing. I'm like, what is this? Boom. It goes off. It's an EMP bomb. The whole place goes to backup power, which anytime you have backup power, do not install strobe lights. Yeah, what is, <laughs> nowhere in the real world does that because it'd be so distracting. <laughs> this place goes down, all Spencer's the power's gift off. lights up and starts <laughs> yeah. selling you those balls and bad cards. Uh, but it's also like the shittiest backup system ever because Barbara Crampton's like, oh, they spent $7 million for a hammer, but they couldn't power a fucking elevator or whatever her weird dig at the government was that was like... It just was shitty because everything stops working, essentially, despite yes. being on backup power. <laughs> yeah, everything's on. The only thing on backup power are strobe lights <laughs> and red lights and a thing that goes, <laughs> warning, yeah. warning. You're just like, oh, God. <laughs> and is this where we find out that if uh, after a certain amount of time, it just releases a gas and kills all the inmates? Yes, yes. this is where it's like, well, how do we keep them from those? Oh, like, every, right. We run a gas through here, so if it goes too long without power, it'll just gas everything to make sure no one gets out. And that's why they're going down, because it releases from the top up, but their gas system's so shitty, they don't think it'll actually get to the bottom. <laughs> yes. So they're like, the only way to, and this is Dante's Inferno, the only way out is down. Like, the only way through is to go down to the, like, last level of hell. This movie is chalked full of, like, little ideas that people had yeah. that could have been great fleshed out movies, but they try to cram every single one of them. This is, like, I feel like maybe this is, like, I'm not going to speak for him because I don't want to, like, do a disservice, but I feel like this was Gunnar Hansen's, like, I've got all these ideas for really cool stuff. Let me throw them all in this one because I may not get a chance to do right. all these. If all of your most dangerous people are at the bottom, wouldn't you gas from the bottom up? Exactly. Also, gas... Like what goes, yeah. Why would you start from the top down? Well, some gas goes down, like it settles. It settles. But you'd want to start with the most dangerous shit first. Yes, absolutely. Like, or maybe or, just every floor has a gas yeah. tube. Why rely on gravity? Uh, you could just <laughs> or go bottom up and top down, meet in the middle. <laughs> really let anyone else design this prison. Take then. the wheel, Jesus. You <laughs> yeah. got this. Basically, we're saying it's a stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a scene now where it's like the, the inmates have to find an alpha. And... Sid Hay, not Sid Hay, Kane Hodder is out there going like, follow me. And then he gets shot in the stomach and gut it. Okay, he's on a balcony. He's like on a second story level, walks out with two severed heads. And he like the, the prisoners are going nuts. And he's all like, shut up. I'm going to get us out of here. You guys got to follow me. And then someone shoots him. Yeah. Through the randomly. fucking like head or chest. I don't know which one. He falls off the balcony to the ground. And then this big, massive inmate, this dude would terrify me if I met him in public. Oh, he was, he was a big dude. His arm is probably as thick as my body. He walks up to Kane Hodder's body, grabs like his belly button, rips up his stomach, rips out entrails, and then starts walking off. And everyone's like, there's our alpha. Yeah. Then we immediately cut back to Kane Hodder standing up with his short torn. He just looks perfectly fine. <laughs> and he's all like, now, who wants to follow me? I'm Kane Hodder. <laughs> and then, um, no, he walks over to the big dude and he was all like, he says something like, I bet you you run this joint. And in prison, you're supposed to, to fuck up the biggest guy the first day. And then he like, what, rips that dude's face out. Yeah, he does not fucked up shit. I do remember that he part. He digs his fingers into this guy's face Just, and then rips his whole oh. fucking face out. So there's this big cavernous area where his face would have been. So now That he's, looked awesome. He's assured his dominance over the rest of the inmates, and now they're going to follow him down into the ninth level. Well, the guy who was walking with the big fella goes, I will follow you to hell. Just the place I'm going. So I, do, does anybody have an explanation for that? No. What do you mean? How Kane Hodder just stood up with he, oh, his yes, stomach yes. intact? He's immortal. He is immortal. So is he the I immortal suppose. Nazi guy? No. 
He is not the immortal Nazi. So there's guy. more than one immortal people. I will. I'll save this until we get to the end because this is where it kind of makes sense. So they start going downstairs. Cut back to Novak and Boone and D. D I keep want to say D. Wallace. That's, that's Barbara. Her name. Oh, okay. That's Barbara. Wasn't it Barbara? No, that's uh, D. Wallace. Okay. Barbara, Barbara Crampton gets killed dead. during the uh, the uh, inmates going downstairs. Oh, okay, she yes, gets caught yeah. and, and murdered now. in one of the rooms with the Satans. Because yeah. she, she's like, "What are you going to kill and rape me?" Very original. And Kane Hodder goes. Oh no. And he puts her in the room with the three Satans yes. and then they do what they want to do to her. And yeah. then so she gets taken out. And now it's just basically the only people left that we're concerned with is Novak Boone and, and Dr. Fletcher. Concerns. Played by really tremendous oversell of what <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling for them. <laughs> so we cut back to Novak Boone and uh, Wallace um, walking around the level that they're stuck on their elevator stuck on. And they're like, we'll see if we can find a way out. This is weird because they get to this um, room, which is totally the Russian sleep experiment. Oh, yeah. They like, go hide in the creepy pasta room. Yes. It, <laughs> it first opened up. They're like, oh, this room is skinless people. And then like they're skinless people. And they're like, we no longer wish to be free. Yeah. It's, if you're familiar with the Russian sleep experiment. <laughs> lifted straight, straight out of that. Straight out of this. And I mean. What a great thing to lift. It was well done. I actually really like that. That part. story still fucked me up to this day. If you take anything away from this episode, go read the Russian sleep experiment because it's fantastically written. Yeah. And yes. it's really creepy. It's so good. But they do their own like version of that, which is fantastic. They're like, well, we'll just hide in here. Eventually, like, we got to leave now. Yeah, Let's the, keep going. The skinless people are all like, we no longer wish to be freed. But and then like <laughs> they start walking towards them like, we got to go. Oh, they go to one other room and you see the homeless people hanging from the ceiling and they're like, what is this? And they're like, oh, the gas doesn't kill you. What the gas does is it gets your nervous system to where all the bacteria in you starts to eat you from inside. So there's no evidence left of you ever. What an unnecessarily complex gas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so or plot point at this point. Yeah, like, right. We don't care anymore. There's like seven minutes going. left of the movie and they throw in this in there now. You would think, but there's 25 minutes left <laughs> yeah. of this movie. So uh. you, you get this reveal and then they're like, and these people are hanging maybe like 25 feet in the air. Yeah. Yeah. And Kane Hodder and the inmates come into the same room and they go climb up these bodies to try to hide so but, they don't get But they don't show it. It looks like they Michael Jordan <laughs> jump straight up and they're clinging to these bodies. There's no way 65-year-old D. Wallace would have made it up there. No. Not a chance. They're hanging from this body bodies while they're while Harley Quinn and a bunch of inmates some random girl who's supposed to be Harley Quinn is now with them chuckling up a storm just seconds away from saying Mr. J yeah <laughs> she, she won a contest or something she's in this movie and they're like what are we gonna do with these two like white suits and he's like well we're gonna kill them and then um that's when D Wallace falls from the body and they're like let's kill her too I think she basically died from the fall. She did. She yeah. died from the fall because they're that high up, which, and when, that, when we say they climbed up, they climbed up in seconds. It's, yeah. I mean, they definitely, like you said, like Superman jumped up there. That's the <laughs> yeah. only possible way they could have gotten up there. Yeah. So then um, Novak and Boone drop down and they're like, okay, we've got to beat them downstairs. And then we have the new metal elevator shaft sequence where they're just firing randomly at fucking nothing, sliding down the ropes of the escalator. And they, we're like, what is happening right elevator, now? Elevator, not escalator. Or sorry, yeah, elevator. <laughs> they, like, this is pointless. They tie a shirt around their hand <laughs> and they're going to basically just slide down the cable. The thing is, they are going easily 65 miles per hour. It's firing their weapons. Firing their weapons through the holes. Fucking Yosemite Sam in it, like... It is at this point, it is off the rails. I was like, everything else, I'm like, okay, it doesn't make sense, but I'll buy it. This was just like bullshit at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. I, this was just absolutely insane. And then they're saying something. The line reads in this were nuts, but um, they finally get to the bottom ahead of everyone else. And then they're walking down this hallway towards the five hells. And then we cut back to Kane Hodder and his little group of boys like walking through the same hallway, but now there's like this sentient mist. And as Kane Hodder is walking through, lightning is shooting out of the walls, trying to kill him. But he just walks through it like, aha, I made it. And I, all I could think of was like, only the penitent man shall pass from like Last Crusade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Indy four or three rather. <laughs> yeah. And then two of the inmates try to do it and they get shot by the same lightning and they get killed. So this confirms that Kane Hodder is next level immortal. Yeah. Is he, is he like, Satan? No, someone else is this, Satan. This though. is what it's, this. Oh, we're about to get to okay. this. Novak and Boone walk into the room ahead of Kane Hodder, like 
maybe like five minutes before. And this is where the five hells live in their own little fucking space. Xanadu get ups, <laughs> these Hellraiser Xanadu get ups where they all have like neon shapes on their chest. It's so corny looking, dude. And I there's someone crucified in between them. Of course, there has to be. <laughs> How would you know they're evil if they weren't crucifying people? So when Boone and Novak are inside this room talking to the five hells, it is an info dump upon info dump. And I can't even, this is the part that I still can't make total sense of. So Mosley is explaining to them what they're trying to do at Death House. They're doing all over the country, but you can't get rid of evil because you can't have good if there's no evil. So we are a necessary evil, basically. And this is the whole message of the movie. It's like people like us are fucked up, but you need people like us to keep the moral compass. People would not. We represent true freedom. You know, moral, moral good is only there because of the threat of hell. We're not devils. We're not evil. Like, you know, we're not devils. We're just true freedom. So the, this is some like YouTube high school philosophy thesis right there. It doesn't make any sense, but it sounds fancy bananas. And then at this point you also realize like, and then everyone's like, they keep cutting to every single one of these actors faces. The it's Michael Berryman. It's Mosley. It's it's all famous people. You fucking know. And that's when, um, Mosley reveals the lid off of it, that Novak and Boone are actually evil killers who are being currently brainwashed or transhumanized or whatever the fuck it's called. And this is all in their head. This is part of their like reprogramming, but it's gone awry. And now they like are being, they were supposed to be reprogrammed as good, but now like inside this level of, how'd you not get this, John? Mental. I hate this movie even more now. (laughs) Mental capacity. Like, um, like, like, ah, see, we've fucked up the system to make sure that you actually can keep true freedom. You're not going to be where evil's necessary. You have to go basically destroy all these death houses and let us back out because without evil, there's no blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it is fucking complicated and yeah. does not fully make sense. I'm trying to piece together what I was able to. At this point, Kane Hodder walks in and he's like, I've followed all of you. I've connected with what has made you immortal. I've had communion with the power. I've studied. You followed. Yes, everything. Now I'm one of you. You were always a part of our plan. What plan? Our escape plan. I am your servant. I've learned so much. We know you. We studied you while we slept. You disgust us. Listen. Listen to me. I... Am immortal. Please let me in your clubhouse. <laughs> Sorry, it's no canes allowed club. And then they're like, oh, that's cute. You think that you've gotten this, but you haven't. And then at that point, they engulf his body from the inside out and flame. And he like burns to death and dies, basically showing that you can't just live by these principles. You actually have to like possess this true freedom. It, Oh my yeah. fucking God. It's so complicated. It's nonsense. Immediately we cut to the gas starting to kill every single person in this facility. I remember that. And then we cut to Novak and Boone escaping death house, which I mean, I guess they got out of their fucking little like chairs. Yeah. They're reprogramming chairs. They go outside as helicopters fly over and they're like, what now? And like, well, you heard what they said. We have to go balance. Wait, so the gas part was real? Yes, the gas part was real. So what part was in their mind? The trek all the way down to the five hells, I guess. Yeah, the movie is, this movie doesn't make any, so it's, it's very unclear about what part is pretend and what part is real, I guess, okay. I'm still trying to piece it out, yeah, figure out which it. parts are legit and which parts aren't. Yeah. But so, then they cut to outside where they escape and they're like, well, you know what we have to do? We have to go like free the other death houses. And then we cut to fucking Tony Todd with another girl. He's like, what's your name? She's like, Liz. And he's like, cool, get in the truck. And then he closes it and it says radiation. And he's like, I'm taking you to the farm. And then fucking credits. Tony Todd was in a different fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather watch that movie. What's the farm? I'm more interested in the farm than what just happened in this maximum security subterranean prison. I'm so sorry to all the listeners having to try to hear me piece that fucking ending out. But I swear to you, I spent so much time trying to figure this out. And I still don't even know if I fully understand it. 
there's so much cool stuff here and it is just like it's putting it's like if you take amazing ingredients and then blend them all together and you drink the the like the shake and you're like this tastes terrible now like all these things taste good separately i don't know why they don't taste good together and it's just like what the fuck what would you guys do to improve this movie Mm. i'd run the story through another three writers yeah i think i mean well i would have they needed some sort of outline to work with, maybe a script, um, because it feels like they just had a bunch of ideas. Like you said, they blended them all together and just kind of hope for the best. There's no thread in this movie or all right, maybe only one of them, maybe only one of the agents needed to be a psycho killer. Maybe the other one is the audience stand in, right? Just someone or something that is just as confused as we are that they can then use to explain what the fuck is going on. Cause like in the first 30 minutes, all they do is exposition. And then they're like, all right, we've laid that out and they never tell you what's happening ever again. But even at 30 minutes, you still have no one to relate to. You yeah. don't know why you're here. What's the point? It's an incohesive mess. Yeah. That's what I can come down. If I had to describe it, those are the two words. Yeah, this no is flow. what I would do. I would make this into an, a 10 episode HBO series <laughs> at 30 minutes or maybe in 40 minutes a piece. And what it is, is the same storyline of like, you have to, it's Dante's Inferno. You have to descend the levels of hell. And each episode is towards the end. The, the seven levels, like last seven episodes are that each episode is a level but you elaborate on some of these concepts, but you fully flesh them out. Now, they're not completely resolved, but they go towards building the bigger narrative of like, the closer you get to the five hells, this is what you're doing. And I would lose the whole like, you're being reprogrammed. Yeah, that yourself. was so unnecessary. That I would drop that fucking Inception plotline completely because it adds nothing. Yeah. And you're other just than convoluting the, f- the story even yeah. more. Yes. To have like these people like, use their like one request to get vengeance and then realize that by... By doing that, you open yourself up to this level of like hell and corruption. And then you have to kind of like confront that as you go down. And how far are you willing to go? How deep are you willing yeah. to go? And is it going to be a can you can you redeem yourself by going through this? Or is it just a one way, like once you start that path, you're always doomed to go that path, even to the end. Even if it means getting out, you're still fucking like right. broken or give and corrupted. Them like a character arc, right? Maybe instead of killing, getting their vengeance right in the beginning, that's what they have to do at the end, right? And then the arc is, did this journey improve them? Are they, you know, going to actually commit their vengeance they were so committed to doing? That would be interesting like, too. Like have like the staff, like different staff be like, oh, we're really proud of the work we do here, basically recreating these things yeah. so we can study them. But have a few people who are like, we're scientists who are doing this. Because we're here to see if it actually this is necessary. And then like, yeah. be like, hey, I know why you're here. Are you really sure? From what I've seen, are you sure you want to walk down this path? Because I don't think there's a redemption. You're not going to ever be unchanged after this. Yeah. And really give those characters the um, the agency to make that decision themselves instead of blowing that load in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Right. There's no arc for these characters at all. I mean, they try to shoehorn one in there where it's like, oh, let's go find out who we really are. But they don't feel like they've grown or they've really changed or anything. We only, don't even know who they are. Yeah, only Kane Hodder has an arc. And even then, it's not fully explained. Like the end yeah. was like, I followed your teachings. I'm one of you now. Let me in your group. I've done everything to come meet you guys. Right. Like this is a fan who's finally getting to meet the band, you know? And he's all like, I know how to play guitar. Let me in. And they're just like, no dude, we're good. And like, right, or maybe like Kane Hodder could have played like a Randall flag type, like in the Stephen King universe where he's like, he's executing his actions through other people. Right. And he, maybe he has this weird supernatural. Be- I don't know. I think there's just so many different. I think it'd be cool to have Kane Hodder not be able to get to meet them by himself. So by doing that, he's using Boone. Yeah. To get him into exactly. Dead house. Like he's like, he doesn't have the backstage pass, but if he can follow this chick backstage, he'll be able to get in there and actually meet the band. So I think the answer to your question is we would have written a different movie. We would have <laughs> written this movie well. Yeah, based on, like, so I said, like, two or three other writers to go through past it, you know, yeah. it would produce a better product. Um, also, just the, you know, the level of Nazi Joseph Mengele level of horrors going on with him kidnapping and killing homeless people. Yeah. It's just so almost blase, nonchalantly just rolled on past. Like well, that but it was supposed been, to be, though. Like the thing that's the I thing know, is, but I think it needed more weight. We're just like, oh, they're doing that, too. All right, let's yes. keep going. The way they, they bring it up later on, they're like, well, what are you guys talking about? You're literally, like, killing homeless people for your own, like, selfish purposes. It's re-mentioned, 
but then something happens and it's completely forgotten about again. So yeah. everything that has weight is just lifted up again. And it's like, wow. There's just too much in this movie. They couldn't, like, they, by trying to shove in this weird Inception plot line and, like, the philosophy of evil and supernatural stuff and body horror and serial killers, it's like, okay, y'all need to fucking cut some of this out so you can focus. That's what I'm saying. 10 episode series. Maybe have, like, one of the, like, the main sub story is wow, are we okay with basically using humans as fodder for these things? And that's kind of early on as we learn that, you know, like in maybe the first level or second level. And then it gets deeper and deeper and have the descent to madness come to play like maybe episode like seven or eight. That shit doesn't even matter anymore. We're so far beyond the moral of should we be sacrificing people? And now this is like the deeper philosophical concept of like, what is evil? What is, you know, good? How does that actually play? And then have that build up to a big like, monologue conference at the end, but have it make fucking sense, please. Yeah. Well, it feels like they should have taken these ideas, maybe done what you just said and pitched it to shutter or somebody who may have actually given them a go ahead to do something like this. Yeah. It sounds ambitious, but it just comes across as an incoherent, sloppy mess. And I think that's a limitation of what they had to work with. I don't want to put this on the actors because I think the actors were like, yeah, sure, I'll kick something out for you real quick. We'll do this as a favor. All right, this is yeah, no, cool. I, don't, I don't have any, I'm not putting any of the blame Maybe on Maybe this was also a favor I mean, all, that people did for Some of these Gunner. performances were shitty. I appreciate that y'all, you know, you're famous and you're beloved in the horror community, but it doesn't mean you can just phone in every fucking performance from here on out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you still got to try once in a while. Yeah. That's true. That's fair. Did you guys see the mid-credits scene? Oh, God, no. The moment credits okay. rolled, I was like, gone. Wait a minute. There's a mid-credits scene? Yeah. Okay, because I, I paused it, and I was like, how much time is left? And then, like, the little icon at the bottom of my screen showed, like, movie. And I was like, oh, there's a post credit scene. So I fast-forwarded to the, like, very end of the credits, and there was nothing. I was like, oh, I guess there wasn't a, a post credit scene. It's 10 seconds long, and it has nothing to do with the movie, so you didn't miss anything. It's uh, Larry Zerner from uh, Friday the 13th played Shelly gave uh, Jason his mask. Yeah. Right. He walks into the makeup room. He's like, oh, I'm here. I got what is... He's like, oh, all I've got is this mask. Will this work? And he pulls out a Jason mask and it cuts. Jeez. That's it. The makeup room. Like in on Death House? Set. So this is oh, like a meta scene. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it's Literally like an outside of... Yeah, it has nothing to do with It's a fun little the, outtake. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That That's kind of cool. That was the best yeah. part of the movie. Maybe he could have been like, <laughs> I'm here to talk to you about the Death House initiative. Cut. Oh, this, right. this should be a great <laughs> drinking game. Yes. This could be a great drinking game movie. <laughs> Every time they die. mention the word, <laughs> the five hells take a drink, because that is hammered home hard. They say Satan, punch your neighbor. <laughs> uh, this one's sitting at a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes out of five critics and a 44% out of 197 reviews of the audience. So wow. it's about even. I'd say it's fair. Out of five critics, though, isn't really a good sample size. So. <laughs> Bloody disgusting, right. Fangoria. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much else to say on this. Again, like I said, I don't think I'd recommend this. I, will, I wanted my time back after watching yeah. it, to be honest. Yeah, I was like, Man, Mark, what the fuck did you make me watch? <laughs> sure. I'd rather watch Leprechaun in Space. I'd rather watch the Arkansas oh, uh, no. Women's Prison no. Massacre. Yeah. All these movies I'd rather watch over this. Oh, God. Oh, agreed. See, I might just go watch Leprechaun in Space to rinse this out of my brain here later today. I See, the problem I have with this is I was so disappointed because the thing is there's so much here that, like, peaks my, like backstory interest and my deeper philosophical like like plotline interest the things that I, like i love digging into these like deeper concepts and it was like it was just a, like you let me lick every single thing in the buffet but then you told me to leave before i could eat i think it's basically you went to a pizza place you looked at their specialty pizza and got a turd you're like <laughs> that sounds amazing and then you got it on your plate and was like oh this is the worst pizza i've ever had it's so, it's oh man i i want so much more like i want this movie to be remade <laughs> like, but I want it to be remade well. God, how does that happen? It probably won't. I know. But you can won't. cross your fingers hard and hope. Do you think we'll get a Death House 2? No. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, they've, 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 they blew every horror uh, cameo. Oh you know what I mean? Like, no one's coming back to do Death House 2. <laughs> they only made $13,000 at the box office. Well, it was a VOD. How much did it cost? Uh, it went straight to video, basically. Got to be more than third tier. Death House, yeah, the numbers. Let's I didn't see, see any numbers. <laughs> By the numbers cost. featuring John. So they did 23000 domestic box office and eight thousand or almost $9,000 estimated DVD sales. So it's a problem with digital distribution because it, it, those aren't factored in. So we don't know how many people actually. I paid for it. Yeah. I bought it. So they got my money. <laughs> and I watched it from you. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, you're welcome. I also. No, I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else on this one? 
No. No, unfortunately not. Man, this was this could have been something. This could have been something. You could have been a contender. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Now the world is my trigger